0: Stay at home
1: real mama pod i'm your host devin and i'm your host kendra we are real moms sharing real experiences the the things things people people don't tell tell you
0: hey mama hey hey mama hey hey if this is your first time listening i'm your host devin and i'm your host kendra
1: thanks for joining us yes welcome to the real mama pod welcome welcome
0: yeah so we are checking in on ken today yes yeah. We checking in on me. Checking in on <laughs> Ken, see how she's doing. Um, for those who follow us on social media, we have put out an announcement uh, about two weeks ago how we were mm-hmm. taking some time away. Yes. To focus on Kenny Boo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or some circumstances. Some circumstances. So we're going to talk about okay what you've been through. Let's talk about it. All right. You got some questions for me? You know I do. Of <laughs> course all right so checking in on you friend how are you doing mentally Mm -hmm. physically emotionally and then also tell us about how's Jonathan doing too I want to know how he's doing
1: um okay so mentally I'm fine Mm -hmm. um I I guess as I talk more about what happened you all will kind of have a better understanding but mentally I'm doing fine um (laughs) I'm doing better than what most folks might expect me to, to be doing considering what happened, but I'm mentally fine. Um, emotionally I'm fine too. I have moments where I'm like WTF, Mm -hmm. but overall I'm fine. Um, physically I'm actually really well considering what happened. Um, I would not have expected my body to have, kind of bounce back the way that it has. But I think a large part of me physically healing comes with how I've emotionally and mentally dealt with the situation. Mm -hmm. So overall in those three areas, I'm doing fine. As far as Jonathan, he seems to be fine as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the big part is him being concerned about me and how I'm doing, Mm -hmm. which is natural, right? He's my life partner and, and he should be, but um he's always checking in on me and me carrying this spirit has allowed him to be fine as well at least mentally and emotionally physically ain't nothing wrong with him but, <laughs> um he's doing fine
0: Yeah. I guess I should share what happened Yes. Yeah, so you want to tell our listeners what happened and what you experienced
1: absolutely so um last year Devin and I we we manifested that I would get pregnant. Mm -hmm. And I did. It was a huge secret until uh, about two, almost three three weeks ago. I was on a work trip to D.C. Mm -hmm. And shortly after I got there, I had these, like, massive cramps. Like, they just came out of nowhere. And I quickly, like, at first I was like, um, maybe this is just, like, The implantation period, maybe it's just something that goes on in the first trimester. Nothing to be concerned about. Then the pains got, like, crazy. Like, I couldn't talk. I couldn't move. I was, like, sweating. It was just out of nowhere. So I was with my supervisor at the time, and I told her, I said, listen, so I'm going to have to let you in on a little secret. I said, I'm pregnant, but something's not right right now. Mm -hmm. So she was like, okay, like, what's going on? She asked me how I was feeling, and I told her what I just said. And I'm like, I, I think I need to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So thankfully, my dad lives in D.C. Mm-hmm. for the time. He's temporarily working there, and he lives about a mile and a half from the hotel that I was staying at. Mm-hmm. So I called him. I said, Daddy, I need you to come get me and take me to the hospital. So he was like, okay. I called him first because he's there and I like Mm -hmm. I needed some quick action. Mm -hmm. So he called Jonathan for me and told him, like, Ken's not doing well. Of course, Jonathan's like three way hurt. I'm like, listen, bro, Mm -hmm. like I can't explain how I'm feeling because I can barely talk. But Jonathan, being the researcher he is, he's like, I found the hospital. This is where I want you to take her. Mm -hmm. So my dad picks me up. He he takes me to the hospital And while he's parking the car, one of the staff, like, wheeled me into the um, waiting room. So, as soon as my dad walked in, I said, Dad, I have to go to the restroom. Like, can you wheel me? Because I couldn't even walk at this Mm -hmm. point. Can you wheel me to the restroom? So, he takes me to the restroom. I use the restroom. And as soon as I walk out, like, I just pass out in the Mm -hmm. waiting room. So... I heard, like, I'm obviously not conscious, but right. I can also, like, kind of hear what's going on. It's very strange. So they quickly took me to the back. Uh, they started taking my vitals, and then my blood pressure was, like, 60 over 40. Mm-hmm. So when I heard that, I was like, mm, that don't sound right. Tell
0: us what those numbers mean.
1: So, that, <laughs> thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> uh, that means that my blood pressure was way too low, mm-hmm. and at that point they were concerned about me being dehydrated and there was then a concern that I was losing blood Mm -hmm. at that time. I didn't have an ultrasound, so they didn't know what was going on. They just knew that I was pregnant, but based on the symptoms that I had, like the doctors were like, she's probably experiencing an ectopic, but we need to do the ultrasound to kind of see what's going on. Right. So with my blood pressure being that low, They quickly put IVs in me. Like, I had, like, two in each arm, which Mm -hmm. is crazy. I've never had that many IVs at once. Mm -hmm. But they had to act fast because, like, I was, like, about to be out of here if they didn't act quickly. Mm -hmm. So after they got the IVs in me, um, the ultrasound tech came in and did the ultrasound. And he couldn't even find the embryo because my stomach was filled with so much blood. Mm. So they were like, we can't even... Like, he had to, like, dig in my stomach to figure out where the embryo was and which tube it was in, right? Because that's where the embryo was. Right. That was so painful, y'all. Like, I was in tears because I'm like, I can't even, like, my the first IV they gave me was on my joint. So right. I was suffering <laughs> from pain there. But then having these people, like, pressing on my stomach that's already uncomfortable was just it was a hot mess but everyone just they worked so well together to make sure I was good so they finally found the embryo and the doctors explained to my dad and I was gaining more conscious because they had the IVs and me at that time they were like you haven't you're having an ectopic pregnancy and we're gonna have to do emergency surgery Mm -hmm. to get it fixed so within like 30 to 45 minutes of me getting there, they wheeled me into surgery. They got everything out and they acted quickly. And, you know, I had to spend one night in the hospital. Fortunately, my dad lived there, so I was able to, to be discharged and go to his home. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jonathan flew in like a few hours yeah. after I um, my dad called him. So in a nutshell, kind of. That's what happened. I had an ectopic pregnancy that was very painful.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry, friend. Just hearing it all over again and then in person. Um, it was a lot. Of course, she told me on the phone. Jonathan called me immediately. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm the dramatic one. Yes. but surprisingly i stayed calm <laughs> you did and i'm I, proud of you for that i got right on google and hopper and start looking for flights and i'm like do you need me to purchase the flight so you can just you know worry about eli he's like no i got it thanks for sending these Made sure you have options but i felt helpless mm-hmm. um and then i couldn't talk to you mm-hmm. so i'm like lord what so, of course, I called your dad. Well, I texted him. I so said, I'm not going to call him. I'm going to text him. He's very responsive. But once I heard your voice, I felt better. Um, mm-hmm. You were in good spirits. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm surprised, because usually you handle things well. But it was just like, are you sure you're okay? Yeah,
1: you definitely <laughs> you asked was, me that. You're you like, was, do you need a therapist?
0: Right. Or, it's
1: like, and no, so it's like not you right almost now. almost
0: too calm. <laughs> so I'm like... No tears. No. And Kendra's not the crier. She does quiet. Cries. If very I cry quiet. It's in
1: private. Usually mm-hmm. you're not mm-hmm. going to
0: see her. If you see her crying, she's really upset. <laughs> um, and I've seen her cry and she was really upset. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, and I, and I shared this with you too. I think you subconsciously because you experienced a miscarriage before, like you kind of like prepared yourself for yeah. this. Yeah. Um, and not that you want anything bad to happen to you or your future children, but I think you subconsciously was like, okay, if something happens, I'm prepared for it.
1: Yeah. Th- I think that's safe to say because when I had the miscarriage, that was a complete shock, right? That was the first traumatic experience we had. So that was a hot mess. But when I got pregnant with Eli, I was very happy that mm-hmm. I got pregnant And I waited until I went to that first appointment Mm -hmm. and had that first ultrasound to really become attached to the pregnancy. With this pregnancy, same thing. Mm -hmm. And I had... The crazy thing is I had a doctor's appointment to, you know, check and see how everything was the following Friday. That just happened to be... It turned into an appointment to check to make sure I'm good. But um, I... Something just in me considering the first traumatic experience we had with the miscarriage I was like happy and very thankful because I thought it was going to take us a while to get pregnant and it didn't but I needed that confirmation that the baby was good and growing healthy before I fully emotionally committed to being pregnant that's fair so that I mean that kind of helps it doesn't like it's not a great thing, right. but it, it helped me kind of cope with what's happened.
0: Okay. So in this moment, what are you most grateful for?
1: My life. Mm-hmm. Um, so if if I would not have listened to my body, then me and Devin would be talking to each other right now. Right. Um, so that's ultimately what I'm most thankful for. Now I'm gonna add that I'm thankful for My village, right? My parents, my brother, my sister-in-law, of course, Jonathan, like, all of them came together to make sure I was good and make sure Eli was kept completely oblivious to what's happened. Mm -hmm. Eli was not worried about us, right? right? So me knowing that he was taken care of also kind of helped me in the circumstance, Mm -hmm. So I'm very thankful for my friends. Like y'all showed out. My friends definitely showed out with just checking on me, calling me, texting me, FaceTiming me, sending gifts. Like I really appreciate just the support that was centered around my circumstance. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm most thankful for, my life and my village.
0: Okay. So what what is one takeaway you have from this experience?
1: That that takeaway is to listen to your body. Yeah. Like I'm one of those people that can ignore things mm-hmm. and like I'm optimistic. So I'm like, oh, it'll get better. Yeah. But in that moment, I'm like Mm-mm. something like after it was like a lingering yeah. like cramp for like it was so bad. Like I've never experienced a cramp like that in my life.
0: And but you have a high tolerance for pain. I do have a
1: high tolerance for pain. So for me to be like. I can't walk. I can't talk. Like it was something serious. So me listening to my body is like the takeaway. If, if I feel like something is wrong mentally or physically, I'm going to have to act because I can't take any chances considering that my life literally depends on it. Right. So that's my takeaway for sure. Okay. And to be thankful, grateful. Yeah. Cause you just never know what life is going to throw at you. Yeah. So are you open to trying again? I'm more open than Jonathan is. Okay. Um, <laughs> so when I go to the doctor, I have another follow-up appointment um, in a couple months. And within that appointment, my doctor is going to test the health of my, like, reproductive system. So he's going to look, look at my ovaries. He's going to look at my other fallopian tube because one of them did, the one that ruptured, did have to get taken out um, just to make sure it's safe for, mm-hmm. for me to get pregnant again. If that man tells me it's safe, I'm going to be like, okay, let's try again. Right. right? Jonathan, for now, it's like, no. Yeah. Because he has seen me from a different perspective. Yeah. He felt helpless with the miscarriage. He felt helpless when I was in the hospital with Eli. He felt helpless when my dad's calling him like, your wife is now having to go into emergency surgery because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah, So he's like... No, like we have Eli, I'm very thankful for our son, I would rather have your life here than to try again, yeah. which I can understand, mm-hmm. right? I would obviously want my life as well, but I, if the doctors tell me that it's safe for us to try again, why not? Yeah,
0: and we spoke to other moms who actually had successful mm-hmm. pregnancies with one fallopian tube. Yep. That was the first thing I researched. Like, is it possible? Is it safe? Mm-hmm. Um, just for my own knowledge, because I didn't know anyone personally.
1: Mm-hmm. But then when
0: you start sharing your story, so many women came yeah. out and shared similar or the same exact experiences mm-hmm. um, and then shared how they were able to still conceive and yeah. have multiple children with one fallopian tube.
1: Yeah. I, after I shared what happened, um, my family is very close in communication. <laughs> like even before I shared my experience on Facebook, my mom is like the mouth of the South in our family. <laughs> and she told my my aunt um, and my aunt was like, you know, your cousin had an ectopic pregnancy and she had all three of her children on one too. Mm-hmm. And I had another cousin who had an ectopic pregnancy and I think three more. Mm-hmm. So I, my first time hearing about an ectopic was like, Three, four years ago when my cousin experienced it, never heard of that in my yeah. life. But after my experience, I've learned that I have other family members who have, and even friends, mm-hmm. like a part of our community, our mom mm-hmm. groups who had ectopic pregnancies mm-hmm. and were able to conceive children. So that's why I think it's so important to to share these stories because you just never know how your story can make another mother feel in terms of being optimistic about her fertility journey. Right. So I'm very optimistic given that my, I'm still here Mm -hmm. and two, there are people in my community and in my village who have had a similar experience and they've had healthy pregnancies. They have healthy children and they're thriving. So why can't I do the same? Right.
0: That's fair. Now, did they say how common this is in women?
1: So, my doctor did not tell me how common it was, but I did do some research. And I saw that, like, 1 in 40 women Mm -hmm. have an ectopic pregnancy. So, it's not super common, Mm -hmm. but it is, it happens enough for it to be um, a thing, right? So, and for us to have heard it within our communities and our families, so... It doesn't happen too often, but... Often enough. It happens often yeah, enough. My yeah, my
0: sister experienced one as well, and now she has four children. <laughs> set of twins. See? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So.
1: Like, you have these miracle stories, like your sister, mm-hmm. who was able to conceive her four children on one, too.
0: Right. Right? Right. So. Well, thanks for that, friend. You're um, welcome. I saw something on social media. I can't remember who shared it, and us just having this conversation... Kind of sparked something in me mm-hmm. to ask you or just to talk about it because you never really think about it until you experience things like this. And I saw something like, if it's between me and my unborn child, like choose me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hindsight being 2020 is like, yeah, because I have a husband and other kids to take care of. Absolutely. And if I'm not here, then I leave them.
1: Mm-hmm. Versus
0: I can try to have another child. And I know it sounds really bad, right? But it's just like, dang, I would have to choose me in that in that regard.
1: And it sucks that you that women or people, because right. it's not just a woman that has to make that decision. Right. Her partner yes. may have to step in, mm-hmm. right? But definitely choose me. Yeah. Like I I have a like you said, a husband. Mm-hmm. I have another I have a child that yeah. needs me. I have a family that needs me, right. like, choose me, yeah. you know? And it, it sucks that we have to have these types of conversations, conversations, but it's a reality. Yeah, it
0: is a reality. And it's more and more of our reality, mm-hmm. especially the older we get. I know.
1: <sighs> That's the thing. Yeah. It's like the the older you get, the more high risk your pregnancy mm-hmm. can be, right? Yeah. So, and I'm already considered... High risk because Geriatric. of, <laughs> I hate that word. Of you know, Eli, yeah, with the the severe preeclampsia, and you know, we're at that age where we look young and fabulous,
0: but yeah. our entire our aren't. bodies are <laughs> like,
1: yeah, you look good, but <laughs> like, let's be real here, right? right. You got so to Got to have these conversations. Yeah, and unfortunately, we fall in that category of being high risk now, not yeah. just because of our past pregnancy experiences but our age yeah
0: yeah so well listen all that talk (laughs) i need a drink because this was a little heavy oh yeah i appreciate you for your transparency um your spirit has been great through this journey um Mm -hmm. your other best friend brandy and i had several conversations and Mm -hmm. we're friends too Mm -hmm. outside of you but you know she's still your best friend it's just Mm -hmm. like Girl, you okay over there? Because I, I think know how y'all you are. took
1: it harder than I did. Yeah, because <laughs> I've I've talked to Brandy several times. Yeah, and she's like, I just I don't understand like yeah. how I'm like I'm I'm really yeah. fine, friend. Um, but both of y'all are um the more dramatic friends. Yeah, both of you, and I appreciate I love y'all for it. <laughs> I really do, but. You know, she has saved her tears for you mm-hmm. um, and not for me. Yeah. But I, y'all have been tr- real soldiers in this fight.
0: Well, what are, what are we drinking <laughs> from Mama's <laughs> Juice? Because, listen. Uh-
1: are you looking for a place to go, like on vacation or with your girls?
0: Uh, of course. I'm always looking to kick it with my girls yeah. or my man.
1: Yeah, Or, yes, mm-hmm. or your boo. Well, if you are in search of a vacation planner, we have the perfect person for you. And that is KT Travel and More.
0: Yes. Stephanie is fabulous and thorough. Very. And she will make sure you have the best time on your vacation. Yes. Yo, if you have a destination wedding you're trying yes. to plan, let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anniversary. couples yes. trips. Baby moon. Back. Baby moon. Yeah.
1: She got you. She got you all the way. So
0: check out KT Travel and more. Yes. And tell her we sent you. Bye. Bye. Yeah. And let's share with our listeners what Mama Juice is. If this yes. is their first time listening uh, to our episode. I'm so
1: Mama Juice is my favorite part of the segment. Or Mm -hmm. the show rather, because I love a good cocktail. Like I love a good drink and I like drinks that speak to experiences. Mm -hmm. So what we do is we curate a drink based on the guests, the conversations, and just the vibes. Yeah. And I'm a I like my liquor kinda strong. Yeah. Um I'm a brown girl drinker. Mm -hmm. Um I I have I started liking gin a lot lately, but Um, I wanted to create a drink that kind of spoke to me and my experience. And Devin actually named this drink. What a journey because it has been a journey. Mm -hmm. Um, And Jonathan, all his research, he helped me curate this drink. And I'm going to tell y'all this before I tell you what the drink is. But um, with me losing so much blood, like my iron levels are still very low, Mm -hmm. which means that my immune system is like it could be at risk. Mm -hmm. Right. So he found... Uh, a simple syrup that helps boost immune system. Then what it has is like fresh orange and turmeric in it okay. and sage and ginger. So that is the simple syrup. That is a part of this drink. I wanted to put that note out there before I told y'all what the ingredients were. Um, but it has two ounces of bourbon. It has an ounce and a half of the ginger, turmeric, orange, sage, simple syrup. Okay. And I'll put instructions on how to make this in the description box. It has three ounces of fresh-squeezed orange juice. Y'all, go get a fresh orange and just squeeze the, squeeze the juice. If you want to use, like, store-bought orange juice, that's totally fine, mm-hmm. too. But I recommend that you use fresh-squeezed orange juice. And then you mix all that up, and you top it with ginger beer, and you can put an orange wedge or slice in there for garnish. And that's the drink. What a journey. It's tasty. It's good. And if you're a mama-to-be, if you want to drink this drink, you can. Just use the turmeric, orange, ginger, simple, simple syrup, the fresh squeezed orange juice, and top of it with ginger beer.
0: It's really good. That's she good. made mine less strong than I hers because y'all know I cannot handle. No, Devin just needs syrup <laughs> and ginger beer. <laughs> pretty much, just make me a mocktail. <laughs> just give you the mocktail. Yeah, pretty right. much. Anyway, so now it's time for our next segment of the show, which is Mama's Corner, and this is my favorite part of the show because this allows us to connect with our listeners, and if we have guests, they kind of are interactive within Mama's Corner as well, mm-hmm. and so our listeners or supporters write in and um, ask questions, and mama hacks, ask for advice. We are no experts. We can only share advice based on our, our personal experiences. Mm-hmm. So do not go back and say, Devin and Ken said, if it doesn't work out for you. If it does, give us our credit. But if it doesn't, <laughs> we <you said> it. Great. <laughs> right. So we had a mama write in. Okay. And usually I'm strategic about our letters. So if I know we have an episode coming up that kind of relates to the question, I'll plug that like question into the episode. Mm -hmm. So this says, Hey ladies, y'all really helped me get through my Thursdays. Oh, I really enjoy listening to you all. And I have a question for Kendra. You've been really open about your miscarriage, which I can appreciate. How did you overcome your loss? I recently experienced one and I just don't know where to begin as far as my grief. Mm -hmm. Thank you for your advice.
1: Um, Well, one, um, sorry to that mom who has experienced a miscarriage. It takes time to grieve a miscarriage, especially if it's your first one. Mm -hmm. Um, And you have to allow yourself to feel it all. Like you're going to have days where you're very optimistic and you're like, we can try again. and, and you know, like I said, be optimistic, but you're going to have days where it's like, I feel really sad about this. Like, why did this happen to me? What's wrong with me? Feel all of that. And it's okay to ask yourself those questions. It's okay to have all those feelings. Um, but don't try to block it out because yeah. that's when things can get to a state mentally where it's it's challenging for you to to deal with it long term. Right. So my advice is to feel it all um, and, and know that you're not alone either because when you go through miscarriage, you can feel alone. It's like I, again, didn't know how often miscarriages happened until I had one of my own, right, mm-hmm. and I shared my story. So having a, a community of moms who were open to say, I experienced this too mm-hmm. and let me know that I wasn't alone really helped cope with that process. Um, so I would say feel all the feels, um, be open to connecting with moms and sharing your story because you never know it how your story might affect someone else and right. how it can help them. Of course, if you're comfortable. Right. And then I also journaled a lot when I went through the miscarriage. And within that journal, it was more of like a prayer journal for me um, because it helped me connect with God in that moment. Because I was honestly like, "WTF?" Like, I'm healthy. My husband is healthy. How or why did we experience a miscarriage? I had all the questions. So, um, you know, write down how you feel because that can also help with the coping. Um, and I feel like there was was there another part of that question. I don't remember. But I I do want to say this. This is kind of connected to your question, Um, but be open to going to therapy as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I I thought about therapy when I had the miscarriage. I was in Columbia, Missouri, where there weren't too many people that looked like me and Devin. And I wasn't really sold on going to a therapist there. So I kind of like put it to the back burner. Mm -hmm. But I've had so many traumatic experiences with getting pregnant the first time, having the miscarriage, getting pregnant with Eli. His pregnancy was, oh, my gosh, Mm -hmm. hell. And then now this experience, I'm open to going to therapy Mm -hmm. because subconsciously I don't want or know if there's anything impacting me. Right. Right. Like consciously I'm fine, Mm -hmm. but subconsciously I don't know. And I don't want. You know, long term to have, you know, issues that arise because I did not address what has happened in my fertility journey. You know, um, I want to make sure I, I address that right. So, be open to going to therapy as well because you never know how it might support you through your journey.
0: That was good. That thank was you. Good. Well, again, friend, thank you for being. You for the questions. So open and articulating your process so well. Um, and handling it with grace. Thank you. I appreciate you, girl. Well, thank y'all for tuning in. Until right. next time, bye. Jack could be anywhere on your Thursday nights, and you are kicking it with us at The Real Mama Pod. Yes. So, friend, where can they find us on the
1: socials? They can find us wherever they'd like. We are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Pinterest, and we are at The Real Mama Pod. If you are curious about my life, I'm at Kendra Ferg underscore on Instagram. Twitter and TikTok. And I'm Kendra Ferguson on Facebook.
0: Okay. And I'm mainly on Instagram. You can follow me at DevGrace underscore. Mm-hmm. Um, check out our website if you want to know more about us. Yes. If you want some mama merch, yes. out, we're in our sweatshirts today. Yes. But we have other things on there. We also have rich auntie merch. So check us out. Yes. Uh, you can reach us at www.therealmamapod.com. <laughs> uh, yes.
1: And if you are listening to us, a- of course we need your reviews rate subscribe review us we're on all major platforms and youtube please make sure you leave your review
0: yes we've been working hard on our videos as you if you started with us from day one (laughs) you see it's just getting better with time so continue to be patient with us and we thank you yes and one last thing if you have something for mama's corner yes (laughs) please write my
1: friend in mama's corner
0: yes you can write us at
1: mama at the Realmamapod.com.
0: Yep, that's it. All right. <laughs> until, until next time. time. Bye. Bye.